You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. It's Patrick Bexel and I'm joined today by one of my favorite guests, Hadi Kalakesh. Hadi, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, coming down with something, uh, but it's that time of the year. Uh, but yeah, just uh, keeping some Tylenols and uh, and stuff on hand in case it gets worse. But yeah, how are you feeling? Um, likewise, likewise. Are you gearing up for the World Juniors? Are you coming over here so you can... Uh... We can finally get those beers and and that dinner in. <laughs> Fortunately, not. I, I, I won't be able to make it over to Sweden this year. Um, but I will be in Vegas uh, for the draft because it's the last one. I'm not missing that. Indeed, and and uh, I can understand that you're working right now and mm-hmm. and scouting every player on the planet, uh, much in the same <laughs> way as David San Louis is doing. But we're here to talk about maybe one of the most interesting players that Montreal drafted last year or this summer, rather, Bogdan Kunushku. Kunushkov. Oh, that's a handful mm. to say, isn't it? <laughs> Kunushkov, uh, yeah. Really, we didn't really know what we were getting when we saw him. You have an interesting story uh, from from the draft, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, we know that this guy was on many teams' radars. And, yeah. you know, a year where he played in, in KHL, uh, did so well, uh, offensively, maybe we should say, and, and uh, partly also time-wise. Um, but he is a defender first and foremost. And what have you? How have you seen his progress this year? Yeah, I mean, offensively, he's more or less the same guy. Um, even though the production has had a kind of slight uptick, the fundamentals of how he works in the offensive zone and in transition are more or less the same. Um, this is a player who likes to jumpstart breakouts and also jump into the play late as kind of a fourth man in order to um, kind of create offense. Uh, you look at his minutes last year versus this year basically the same um you know mainly exceeding 20 minutes often exceeding 23 24 minutes basically playing a top pair role on a khl team as a 19 20 year old um is you know it's worth mentioning i mean it's very rare that players get these opportunities but this year i mean you know a lot of a lot of foreign players have left russia um and a lot of teams like torpedo are kind of stuck kind of forced to readapt to sign players they you know don't really know too much um so torpedo has taken an approach uh, especially under Igor Larionov where they're playing a lot of uh, young players I mean there are two 2024 NHL draft eligibles that are playing you know decent decent minutes on this roster which is extremely rare for the KHL um you know and we look at other players and other Russian players other Russian prospects in different systems and they're still playing like five six minutes a game um so torpedo's approach have been really interesting and it's been like this since last year with Kanyushkov. Um, so the minutes haven't changed too much. The offense hasn't changed too much. Um, but the defensive game, I feel, has improved in slight elements. Um, he's still a player who struggles to 
um, you know, create a lot of power behind a stride and that gets them kind of late on pivots, um, makes them struggle on retrievals. But everything that doesn't have to do with retrievals, everything that has to do with how he processes the defensive game mentally, um, there isn't much to complain about. I mean, he, he he's with the play mentally almost all the time. It's just that his feet and his body can't really keep up as much as his brain does. But when it comes to stick on stick play, when it comes to anticipating rotations on the cycle, when it can't, when it comes to identifying threats early and stifling them, he's actually really good. It's just everything that has to do with his physical tools that kind of holds him back. Um, but yeah, the story you're alluding to is just that at the one of my colleagues who went to the draft in uh, in Nashville was talking to the Carolina Hurricanes Russian scout after the game. And he was livid, livid that Montreal picked up Bogdan Kanyushkov like a couple picks before Carolina was set to pick because he was going to basically run to the stage and pick him. And I don't remember what the count was for Russian players that Carolina picked in this draft, but it was it was high. So, yeah, um, it was it's fairly interesting to hear that. But, yeah, I definitely see the, the allure with, with Kanyushkov. And, yeah, the progression has mainly come in the way he approaches the defensive game mentally, I'd say. I've been on board before to to take this chance on an overager in, in in the later rounds of the draft because you've got yeah. more data, you got mm-hmm. more insights, you you have a maybe a pro year, as you say, with Konoshkov going forward and, and it brings more insight into to your selection. Um, yeah. and and on the other hand, we know how well uh, Overager has has succeeded in the Montreal Canadian system. Um, we know um, that not many Overagers makes it into the NHL anyway, and and not many fourth rounders either. Um, obviously, he's under contract for another two seasons in Russia, uh, mm-hmm. and this is part of as you were saying as well the new kind of development system that is is ongoing in Russia. Everyone has been looking back to what. Uh, locomotive had to do after the the terrible accident with with the air, aircraft and yeah. what ska tried to set up before the the uh, invasion of ukraine but now you nishni novograd is is really going in for for this and and building from below scanning for players around the mhl and bhl that they can bring up and it's very interesting kunoskov is one of those guys and and we should not we need to remember we're recording this on a Sunday and probably goes out on Friday though, but he has been part of the all-star game this weekend, but it also points to that fact that KHL is not the league we compared it to two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the level of competition is different. Um, a lot of teams have lost a lot of their foreign talent for a variety of reasons, either, you know, obviously the, the moral aspect of, you know, playing in Russia after what happened in Ukraine, but also, um, Overall, uh, there are a lot of international tournaments that have basically blacklisted players who continue to affiliate with the KHL uh, moving forward. So that's yeah, affected the national federations. Really, it's not the tournament themselves. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's just like you know, in terms of career opportunities, it's, you know, there's there's less of an incentive to go play in the KHL, even though the money's good. But I mean, despite that, you still see some some decent. I mean, you have a couple of of former Habs players, and um, I, I think it's Ch- Chelia Binks, um, Madison Bowie's playing over there. A couple other guys. I mean, it's just like there's still an influx of talent. It's just not as frequent. It's not as high end of a of a talent pool that's coming into the league. So. Like the KHL has had, it's more of you know. older AHL players now rather than it what it used to be when it mm-hmm. was 
Europe's top tier hockey league, where yeah. a lot of Finns and Swedes, Czechs, Slovaks, and and Swiss players may maybe not Swiss because they got exceptional good deals in Switzerland, <laughs> yeah. but but the, all the other countries actually went to to KHL to compete on a very very high level. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it's the second best um, pro league in the world, you know, as it was before. Uh, now it's it's a bit more difficult, but yeah, I still think that despite that, I think what you know Torpedo's doing with these young guys is exceptional. Like you look at other programs in the KHL, like I think of um, I think of Dynamo Moskva, um, in which uh, you have a really high end twenty twenty four NHL draft prospect in Igor Chernyshov, mm -hmm. and he can barely get in the lineup. He's playing as a thirteenth forward, sitting on the bench all game, or you know get, getting on the ice for two three minutes a game. Like it's. It's still exceptional what Torpedo has done with its young players, offering them top end roles, top four, top six forward roles. Um, you know, it, it it's very interesting, and I think of this this switch in in mindset regarding their prospects um, is going to trickle to other teams, and I think that's going to be really interesting because you look at Torpedo. I mean, they're not the most you know successful team this season but they're winning games um i think they're like slightly above 500 yeah. um or right about at 500 with a team that really offers a lot of ice time to nikita artamanov as a 2024 to anton salaev as a 2024 and then obviously bogdan konyushkov who's um by default kind of their top pair mm -hmm. defenseman so it's really interesting Going back to Kunishkov, you know, you have this, uh, we spoke about, you know, there are some strengths and there are some some minuses. I like his shot. He, he, it comes natural to him. Uh, oh, yeah. he, he uses it for, for wrist shots, for slap shots, for, for uh, pa shot passes and, and tip-in passes. Very, yeah. very smart player in that regard. He walks the blue line. He's very good from the red line forward, if, yeah. if we go it that way. On the other hand, as you mentioned, the technique in his skating is is really what is concerning to me. It, it impacts his balance. He he generates a lot. Of, it looks like he's generating a lot of power, but it doesn't transfer it into the eyes and to an acceleration. He is yeah. the complete opposite of Jesse Ilonen. You, yeah, you, you put you put them next to each other, and they are not the same species. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with Jesse Ullonen, it's, it's a complete opposite where he's generating a, a lot of mechanical power rather than physical power through his stride. You know, with Ullonen, what's really interesting is his, his hips, his knees, and his ankles are all working in conjunction to create the most amount of torque behind every stride. He uses crossovers really effectively. His knees bend well above his um, his toes, which gives him a kind of spring-like element to his stride. Whereas Kanyushkov has a really powerful lower body, um, but his knees, his ankles, and his and his hips aren't on the same page in terms of how they how how weight is transferred through his lower body, and that makes him really rough to watch on pivots. Um, I mentioned that before, but yeah, he he like he, he, on retrievals, it's very difficult because he's pivoting really slowly and he's often getting to pucks behind his own goal line second, even though he has four, five, six strides ahead of the player dumping the puck in. Um, and that's just, that's not just a testament on the speed and um, and power of KHL four checkers uh, and the, and and you know most of the top end lineups that he's facing, but it's also just like it's just a mechanical lacking on his end. And Adam Nicholas is really good at working on edge work on working on these things with prospects, but I just wonder how much area of influence he has on a prospect who's playing top pair minutes in Russia. Um, 
if well, he's well, if he's if yeah. officially he has none <laughs> exactly yeah it's just like how how much can he work with this prospect right now or you know and, and, and that that brings up the next question really because if he finishes these two years in Russia, as we will assume that he will do, yeah. uh, um, then it looks to be the AHL route because he needs mm -hmm. to. He's going to have things to work on, probably uh, partly adapting to the ice, partly yeah. uh, partly his skating problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is going to be an adaptation that's going to be really difficult, especially if Adam Nicholas isn't really able to follow Kanyushkov closely and work with him regularly, because, like you said, he's still in, he still has a contract for two more years. So, you know, obviously we don't really know much about the area of influence of a development director for an NHL team with a KHL player. It's a bit, you know, we don't get a lot of information about that kind of stuff. But if he doesn't really have much of a contact with Kanyushkov on a regular basis, that means that a lot of, of the work that's going to happen within Kanyushkov's game to make him NHL projectable is going to start happening when he's 22, which is, you know, ideally you start working on these things with prospects as soon as possible because there are big fundamental elements of their game that need to come three, four strides before they're ready for the NHL. So, yeah, uh, it, it's it's difficult to kind of assess where exactly um, the line ends regarding what Adam Nicholas can do with Kanyushkov. But if this if this kind of fundamental work on his basics, on the kind of foundations of his game, start when he's 22, it's not ideal. It, we, we look at another uh, overage as, a, as, as threw me for a loop because I actually thought he was going to make it much faster and... and maybe make it uh, as as uh, we aren't sure that uh, Norlander will make it. But mm -hmm. in some ways, Norlander skates better. Yeah. Uh, but um, his defensive acumen mentally was probably not as good as Konishkov's. But yeah. on the other hand, he was always with the play rather than Konishkov that has to catch up to the play in that regard because of his skating. Yeah, those are two players that are, again, kind of like polar opposites where, you know, even though they, they, they kind of seem similar at the surface, you know, these, these skilled um, offensive, you know, leaning defensemen, their foundations are completely different. Like you said, Norlander has a really good skating stride. Um, the way it's really effortless, it's, it's balanced. And especially if you look, you know, what I look for often with players to determine whether or not like their skating is decent is their head. So if their head is bobbing up and down, that means there's something going on with the knees, the hips, the ankles, something like that, that's making their upper body unstable. With Norlander, you look at his head and it's at the exact same level the whole time he's skating. Um, and that's great, but mentally, especially defensively, he, he's just disengaged. And that's what made him such a difficult kind of transfer to the NHL is that he's not really kind of identifying like the danger, like his, his, this panic threshold is too high. He doesn't identify when like, okay, I need to like panic, throw this puck out of the zone, or I need to get back as soon as possible. That was a big disconnect with Norlander that still continues to this day. I see those mental elements with Kanushkov, but the opposite end of that, that the the other side of that coin is he's physically not with the play, whereas Norlander's mentally not with the play, if that makes sense. Hadi, you got a minute to go. How much of an NHL career do you think Kanushkov will have down the line? 
It all depends on, you know, what, how, how much is worked upon in terms of his physical elements, the, the skating stride, the, the, also just the raw physical game as well. Um, but if those things are developed, he has the shot, he has the, the intelligence, the awareness to become kind of a middle pairing um, offensive defenseman who can play on your second power play. Um, but as he stands right now, if nothing changes, definitely not an NHLer. Um, but there's upside there and there's potential there. It's just, I'm, I'm not sure how much you can work on at this point, And especially if the development starts when he's 22. You've been listening to Patrick Bexel and Hadi Kalakesh. You find Hadi Kalakesh at Hadi K underscore scouting. Make sure to follow him. Make sure to follow his excellent work and eyes on the price and Dobber Prospect. Yeah, Dobber Prospects yeah. and uh, the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. Make sure to oh, check yeah. that out. Yeah, you never invite me for that one, Hadi. <laughs> we'll make we'll get we'll get that to work i promise all right thank you so much for, for joining us and thank you guys so much for listening have a nice weekend this episode has been brought to you by bet online You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.